Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. So over the last number of weeks, God's been taking us on a path of consecration, a path taking us deeper in Him if we're willing to trust and wait on Him to accomplish all that He wants to accomplish in us. Now, this process generally does not happen overnight. There's no easy button to push for God's work to be done, snap automatically, although I'm sure many of us wish there was, amen? You know, but as such, the temptation can be to try and to rush this process or many other times to kind of just skip over it altogether, thinking that, oh, well, I hear it on Sunday or, you know, I'm friends with this person or they know it or I listen to it online and, you know, because of that, I'm good. But we can't rush the process. We can't skip over the process. We've got to let God do what he wants to do. So also, um, I want to thank all of our guest speakers that we had last week. If you guys came to any one of the services, we had Duncan's and Chris Hine and uh, Candace speak in uh, the three different services. It was amazing. If you went to any one of those, please go to the podcast and check out the other two because what they spoke was right in line with what Pastor Quentin has been speaking, what God's been speaking to us about consecration. So if I could take their sermon titles and kind of say it for us this way, as we walk this process of God fulfilling his work and promises in our lives, becoming further rooted in God, Because we recognize there is more that God's blood, water, and fire can do in our lives. How do you like that? Come on, all right? So, hey, they're speaking. God's speaking through them. God is speaking to us, church. He is. He wants to bring us into that process. He wants to take us deeper to Him. And if we find ourselves in that place where we're submitting to that, we more than likely will find ourselves in a time where God is calling us to tarry. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What does it mean to tarry? I'm going to start off with an illustration. So a number of years ago, there was a young man and a a young woman that I knew who felt in their heart that, you know, maybe there's an attraction. They've been friends for a long time, but they felt that maybe there was something deepening in their relationship. And they decided that, you know, hey, I might be for you. You might be for me. We need to maybe pray about seeing if, you know, if, if God may want to speak to us to let us know that, you know, maybe we're for each other. And so they went and they spent a time away and they went and they fasted and they prayed and asked God to speak to them about this relationship. And the awesome thing is not only did God pretty much confirm it to both of them, but he also gave them the same scripture in their time of prayer of fasting. So when they came back from it, they're like, hey, what did God speak to you? Oh, I feel this way. Oh, so do I. Hey, and God gave me this scripture. No way. God gave me the same scripture. Pretty cool, right? So you would think all's right with the world. They went off and lived happily ever after, just like, uh, you know, Cinderella and Prince Charming or whatever. But one thing that they did feel also in their time of prayer was God was saying, I'm for it, but not yet. And so both of them also feeling that, you know, were like, okay, we're going to wait. And for any of you who have tried to wait, it didn't last very long. (laughs) It's kind of like, all right, I'm going to go over here and wait. And that's good enough. All right. So as a result, you know, they went ahead and after a nominal time of waiting, 
went into the relationship, didn't really kind of go back to God to see if it was like if the green light was there, if it was time, just kind of went forward with it. And so, you know, as a result, things were going forward. The relationship was going well. But after a while, the guy started kind of dealing with feelings of doubt and like, you know, oh, well, did we rush it? Or I'm not sure this now. Now is it even really right? And so rather than taking those feelings to God and, you know, and, and the, you know, and the young lady and trying to deal with those things and walk that process out, the guy decided to save feelings that he would pull back emotionally because that always makes things better. <laughs> I love you. Go stand over there. So, of course, as ludicrous as that sounds, he thought it would work. It didn't. The relationship ended. It was bad. But then, you know, of course, a, you know, a few months after that, you know, they kind of were like, man, I don't know. I think this might still work out. And they agreed. And so they kind of prayed about it a little bit, went back in towards it. And, but as a result, you know, the guy started having the same feelings again, did the exact same thing. And, you know, you know realizing that if you do the exact same thing, you're going to get the same results. And it produced the same results. The result was the relationship ended again. It was... You know, feelings were hurt and all of this stuff. So, you know, this kind of up and down thing with the ins and outs of romance, things that are made for, a, you know, made for television romantic comedy. And, um, you know, finally, finally, God slapped me hard enough upside my head and I decided that I needed to marry my wife. <laughs> and um, this process took seven years, you guys, seven years, ultimately, by the time it was all said and done and we went to the altar. That's no fault of my amazing and beautiful wife who wasn't here to be embarrassed for the first two services, but gets to be here now. But I will say this, the scripture that God gave to us was out of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. And this was something that she held to because though we both knew that God had spoken to us and we believed God gave us promises, I wasn't for some reason, some dumb guy reason or whatever, I held on to those as not tightly. Okay, if I can say it that way. Whereas Sarah, for those seven years, patiently waited and she tarried and she waited and she endured. You know, me trying to see if God would speak and fulfill that promise to other relationships and other things and lots of hurt created didn't do it the right way. But ultimately, we have a faithful God who was faithful to the promise that he has made and we are married 11 years this year. Um, now, if I can give you the scripture verse that he gave us, and we're going to jump off into that using it. It says, out of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, it says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. We read it in the Amplified translation. It says, For the vision is yet for the appointed or future time. It hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail, even though it delays, wait patiently. Because we all love that word, right? <laughs> wait patiently for it, because it will certainly come. It will not delay. And so we find ourselves today, that is ultimately what the word tarry means. If, you know, for any of us who can look in the context of, this, of, you know, of the scripture verses, if we look also in the context of biblical usage, ultimately the word tarry means to wait for there to be a delay. Things are going, things are going, and all of a sudden, the brakes get put on. There's a reason. Now you have to tarry. You have to wait. There's a delay there. And today we're going to talk about what God is doing whenever he has us tarry. Because we have a promise. Many of us can find ourselves in that today. 
We're walking in the things of God, and we even sang about it this morning. All of His promises, they're yes and amen. I believe that each and every one of us have promises that God has given us individually. I know it. Or maybe you're pressing towards a goal. You're, you're pressing towards a place. There's somewhere you want to be with God. So you're walking down that road. You're walking in your promises. You're, you're walking in that process. And then all of a sudden, even though we're hopefully and eagerly expecting it to come to pass, we may find ourselves as if it's being delayed. And that God may have us in a place where he's calling us to tarry and to wait as it comes to pass. So though if we find ourselves in that place, it might seem like a frustration. You might find yourself going, is there something I'm doing wrong? Today I want to talk about what it means when God has us tarry. So the first question we're going to ask ourselves is, well, when to tarry? Okay, well, one of the obvious answers to that would be when God says to. Okay, so this directive to tarry, it can be revealed to us quite directly. Sometimes through prayer or in our private time with God, maybe through a person or other means. But when God tells us to do it, we got to do it, right? Let's look at it in Scripture. An example of that is in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. And it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So what's going on there? If you know the story, that's Jesus speaking to his disciples after he's already been crucified, put in the grave, he's risen from the dead, and he's revealed himself. Okay, can you imagine the momentum and the excitement building with Jesus' followers? Can you just imagine that? Like, you know, you were with him for three years. You, you saw him in the Sermon on the Mount. You, you know, you were something like all of these crazy things. And like, man, you saw miracles. And like, man, this guy, Jesus, is legit. He's the real deal. And then all of a sudden he gets crucified. And, and it's this huge, crazy thing and put in the grave. And then all of a sudden, like, he's revealed himself as resurrected from the dead. I don't know about you guys, but that would make me excited. And it would make me want to renew my membership. So can you imagine that? Like all of his disciples, man, this is awesome. You know, Jesus, I was, it was a little close there, man. I mean, look, you and me, all right? It was a little tight those couple of days. I, was, I, was, I didn't know, but you did it. You did what you said you were going to do. Man, let's do this thing. Let's go with it. And Jesus is like, that's awesome. Let's do it. Pump the brakes. <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to go. I'm going to give you the promise. Yes, there's things that I promised you, and I'm going to give them to you, but I want you to go, and I want you to tarry and wait until you're endued with power from on high. So that's what's going on. So again, quite direct. And God can do that to us as well. There's a directive to wait. So that's one time when we would tarry. Another time would be when the way is uncertain. So Jesus made that way for his disciples pretty certain. This is what I want you to do. Go. But there are some times in our lives where the way isn't so certain where we're walking in confidence, we know we're trusting in God, but we may find ourselves in a place where all of a sudden we're saying, I, I can't see. I-, I can't see what the next step to take is, or I, I can't understand. I- I'm in a place right now where, you know, there's some things happening and I don't understand what's going on. It feels like I've stalled. The way is uncertain. We may have circumstances that instead of directly, they may indirectly reveal to us the need to tarry. If you've been making forward progress while walking out the promises or the process of God and you've come to a place where you don't know where to go next, look, don't press on blindly. Stop. Trust and listen. Let's go back to that Habakkuk 2 verse 3 scripture. It says, For the vision is yet for the appointed or the future time. It hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. 
Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. Why is that there as an encouragement? Because there's going to be times where we know he's there, but he's not speaking. The way is uncertain, but we know who we are certain in. Amen? And at those times is another time where we may need to go, all right, God, we're going to put the brakes on and I'm going to trust and I'm going to listen because I don't know what else to do, but I know you're here and I'm listening. So when the way is uncertain, another time when to tarry is when you're weak. Anybody here ever felt spiritually weak? I know I have. What you may say there is, God, I can't even feel you. You know, I mean, it was, it was going so good, God. I mean, I was having these times, Lord, where it was just these knockdown, drag out, amazing times where we would pray. And Lord, uh, when I would worship at, at church, God, I just, it was so strong. And Lord, I just had such a strong sense of you. But God, now I can't feel you. Or, 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 or you may say, man, I just, I don't know what's going on. I can't go on. Well, let's look to the word and see what God has to say for some encouragement for us this morning. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27 through 31, it says, why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, Israel, saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? That's God speaking in love, by the way. God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. Amen? That is a promise from God. Many of you probably know that scripture in another translation, the run and not grow weary, the walk and not faint. That's a great promise of God's faithfulness to us to renew our strength. But if you look in that scripture, there's a word in there that we don't always want to hear. Wait upon the Lord. I know in whom my faith is. God, when I try to do it on my own, I constantly get weak. I constantly run down. Look, if you've reached a place where you're pressing in, you know it. You know, God, I'm pressing in. I'm, I, I don't necessarily feel, but I'm doing what I know I need to do. I'm doing my best. And you're pressing in, but you have no drive or you have no strength. You feel you have no strength left to do it. There's a need to stop. A need to wait on the Lord. Let him rebuild your strength. And if I can take it a step further, possibly let God reveal why you're in that place. Which leads us to the next one. So we've talked about when to tarry. Now we're going to talk about why to tarry. Now, the question why is not necessarily a question that I'm advocating that we pose to God himself. Because a lot of times, if you've ever gone down that road before of why, that can become a bottomless pit. Why this? Why that? Why this? And, and if we let ourselves go there, it can also begin to chip away at our faith and our trust in God. But what I mean here is that using the scriptures that we just looked at, we will see occasions not only when to tarry, but why God may have us tarry. So the first one is to bring a preparation. Let's go back to the Habakkuk chapter 2 passage, but instead of starting at verse 3, let's go to the top, verses 1 and 2. This is the prophet Habakkuk speaking, saying, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. 
Anybody ever been there before? Lord, I'm bringing my complaint to you right now, respectfully, but I have a grievance I'd like to bring, Lord. If you ever look at, you know, read the book of Psalms, I always laugh at it because it's like, you know, David is just, sometimes I just feel like David's my man. I don't know if anybody's been there. Lord, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. God, I don't understand why this junk's going on and you and I need to talk. <laughs> They're out to get me. Do you not see what's going on? Do you not see what's happening over here? Nevertheless, I'll trust you, God. That's pretty much, that's, that's kind of how I sum up the book of Psalms. And, but you know what? It's okay. Let me encourage you this morning. God is not afraid of your questions. God is not afraid of your need, or if I should put it this way, he's not afraid of you going, I don't understand. He's ready, he's willing, he's able to speak and bring clarity in his time. And so if we find ourselves in that place, okay, like David and like here, the prophet Habakkuk, so he was coming and he was like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a complaint and I'm going to see how you speak. Verse 2, then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. And so God answered him. And basically that's where the next verse says. Here's the vision. Write it down. Though it tarries, wait for it. It's not going to delay. It's going to come to pass. Now, listen. Though God used this scripture to speak to Sarah and me about his heart for us and prepare us for our future. And I know a lot of people who have talked about they lean on this scripture verse whenever they're trusting in God's promises. And it's true. God's word is there to speak to us and to bring us encouragement. But in the original context of that passage of scripture, God answered Habakkuk as he waited on the Lord to prepare the people for coming judgment on the wicked and justice for the righteous. Okay? It was a very low, it was a very evil time for the people of God. And Habakkuk wanted to know how long God was going to let this last. And as he waited, God answered him and he had the people prepare. We might find ourselves like, man, I'm walking through this. I thought I was walking through it. But you know what? God may have us in a time of preparation where he's like, I need to prepare you because there's some more things you're going to be going through. But I'm going to be with you in it. But you need to prepare. A time of delay may very well be God having us stop and prepare for what's coming next rather than continuing to press on and arriving there unprepared. So one of the reasons why we may tarry is to bring preparation. Another one is to bring expansion or a fulfillment. Go back to Luke 24, verse 49. We'll read it again. It says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Now, again, like we said before, Jesus point blank told his disciples to tarry. They were given directions and instructions on what they needed to do, and they were given a promise of what would happen when they did. So as they were celebrating the Feast of Weeks or Harvest, which if you were in first service, Duncan's talked about that last week. So they were, in, they were in Jerusalem and they were celebrating. They were celebrating the Feast of Weeks. This is what happened. Now let's go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So this is exactly what happened. End of Luke, where Jesus tells them to do this. And then in Acts 2, this is what happened next in time. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly... There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Listen, as they tarried in the city and as they tarried in the upper room, God brought an expansion to the power and the impact 
behind the Feast of Weeks. Because for hundreds of years, that was a feast that they had celebrated to celebrate the giving of the law, right? Whenever the children of Israel had been released out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt and they went through the time and God gave them the law, this was, that's what the festival was for. It was to celebrate the law. But as God poured out His Spirit on them, He expanded what the Feast of Weeks would be all about. Now, instead of just being guided by the law, because it wasn't, they didn't throw it out, okay? Instead of just being guided by a law, now they would also take that and they would be guided by the power of the Holy Spirit literally inside of them. So what did God do? He brought an expansion to what He had already been doing in their lives through a time of tarrying. And as they tarried, they had God do that. So not only did He bring an expansion to what He would do right there and through their lives, but He also used the time to help bring about fulfillment of a promise. So if we go a little further down in Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it says this, But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. So if we back it up a couple of scripture verses, what had happened was God began to pour out His Spirit on everybody in the upper room. They began to be filled with tongues of fire upon them. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And it was such a commotion that people down in the streets began to hear what was going on. And all of a sudden, it, the, the verses say that they began to, one man began to say, man, I hear my regional dialect. I hear my language. They're talking in mine. And there's all these different languages going on. So, as a result of this, their conclusion is that they were drunk. Not quite sure why that's the conclusion they got to, but that's the one they got to. Those guys are three sheets to the wind up there, and they're talking in all kinds of other languages. Because apparently, alcohol gives you the ability to speak in a language you haven't known. I don't think that's the way it works. So, Peter stood up and said, all right, guys, let me bring a little clarity here. These men are not drunk as you suppose. This is what the prophet Joel was speaking about when he said, and then verse 16 and 17. So what happened there? Not only did God expand the meaning and the impact of the Feast of Weeks, He expanded upon the power of it, and they began to walk in the power of God, and He, through that act, fulfilled a promise that He had spoken long ago to His people. Why? Because God does keep His Word. There's an example right there. God fulfilled His promise. God fulfilled His promise. And so the time of waiting you may be in at this moment could be the very season God is going to use to expand upon you what He is building in your life and fulfill promises spoken long ago. Because as we learned last week from Chris's message, there is so much more that God wants to do in and through us. Amen? Amen? If we are faithful to wait, if we are faithful to let God do what He wants to do and not try to rush it, He will give us so much more than we could ask or we could think or we could imagine. We just have to trust His timetable. So another reason why to tarry would be for God to bring healing. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 40. But those who wait upon the Lord get fresh strength. They spread their wings and they soar like eagles. They run and they don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. And it says in verse 31 right there. 
Let me tell you something that you probably already know. There is no one who knows what you are going through and understands it better than God. In fact, I dare say he understands it better than you because he has the bird's eye view. There is no one who understands the problems that you have had. There is no one who understands better the trials and the things that you have gone through than God. There is no one who understands it better. God knows when we're hurting. God knows when we're in need of a time to step back and to regenerate. Guys, he's the one who instituted the day of rest. Right? He knows what it means to need to step back and to recharge. But there are times when we can get so caught up in the doing of our walk with Christ that we forget about being with him. As Candace talked about last week, as we seek to be more rooted in God, we can get so busy in just doing and doing and doing and keeping our head down and I'm doing and I'm doing and I'm doing, we forget to be with the God that we're doing it for. And when we're unplugged from the source, then all of a sudden, of course, your batteries are going to get depleted and you're going to find yourself weak. You're going to find yourself weary and in need of going back to be recharged. Because you know what? I don't have it here. And this, again, is not an exhaustive list of why God would have us to tarry. There's many reasons, but these are just the ones we're talking about this morning. But another reason God may have us tarry is because he misses us. Oh, God, I miss you too. Well, why don't we get together and do something about that? You know, there's refreshing in times of God. There's, there's rest in the times of God when he has us wait. And when we've been just going and going and going. But there are times where we're going and going and going because we're in the fight. Anybody ever felt like they've been there before? You're going through the fight in your walk with Christ. Not necessarily fighting with Christ, though some of us have probably done that too. But where we're in a battle, we're in a struggle, we're in it right now and we know we're in it. But when you come through that and you come out of that battle, of course, you're going to be battle-worn, you're going to be weary. I dare say you may even be wounded. But God, again, knows us better than we know ourselves. And at times in his wisdom, thank you, God, for your wisdom, he will draw us to a time of waiting and holding still to simply bring a healing, a strengthening, and a refreshing to our spirit. For let him. All right, so today we say, all right, okay, God, I, I give in. I recognize it. You've got me to tarry. You, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I know I need to, I don't understand everything, but God, I'm going to tarry. So how? Let's go over some reasons today. So we talked about when to tarry, why to tarry. So as we're wrapping it up today, let's talk about how to tarry. So months and months and months ago, Pastor Quentin did a series on how God works in us through our spirit, soul, and body. He doesn't just do one thing. He doesn't just touch this one part of our lives and leave all of this. God does a complete work, right? From head to toe, inside and out, spirit, soul, and body. So if that's how God works in us, then that's how we need to tarry with him in our spirit and our soul and our body. So the first way that we tarry is with expectation. And this involves our spirit, right? So this is where we keep our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears open and ready to receive from God. Romans 8, 24 and 25 in the Amplified says this, For in this hope we were saved by faith, and hope, the object of hope, which is seen, is not hope. So what that means is like, you know, my wife is here in third service, and I can be like right now, man, I hope Sarah's going to come today. I haven't seen her all morning. I miss her. I hope she's here. I really hope she's here. Could you tell her I hope she comes? Could you give her a phone call? Let her know I hope she's here. All right, I hope. 
I don't have to hope that my wife's here. I see her. She's right there. So if we see something, that's what that scripture means right there. Hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? Verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience. There's that word again. And composure. Let me tell you this, guys. There were times of this in those first number of years, but when God finally got a hold of me and I finally really grabbed a hold and realized that what God had been speaking to me at the beginning of those seven years he actually wanted to do and he really had prepared this wonderful woman for me and I actually got a hold of that. I hadn't quite gotten to the point yet where I got down on one knee. I knew it was coming and I've been praying for when the right time was, but I was there. I knew it was coming, right? Like I was in that. I'd locked into that promise and I was going for it, okay? So in that time, what'd you say? Did you say amen? <laughs> She's saying amen over there, I think, or whatever. Anyway, for me, when I got to that point, I was so expectant. Every time I knew she was going to be somewhere, I eagerly, I couldn't wait to see her. I couldn't wait to be in the room where she was. When I went and got the ring and I went and talked to her dad, like, I could not wait for that moment. I was eagerly waiting for the fulfillment of what I had been tarrying about. And that is how we do that. That involves our spirit, man. That's where we don't look with our eyes of our own. We don't hear with our ears of our own. We look with how God sees and how God hears. And in our spirit, we stay expectant. Even whenever we're tempted to get frustrated, and we're going to talk about that in just a second, we keep our focus. We keep expecting in the spirit, and we operate in that, and we tarry with that. So the second way, as I just said, the first is with expectation. The second is with focus, and this involves our soul, all right? So we know before from our study that our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have ever had an emotion that got twisted inside of you and caused you to make a dumb decision? You don't have to raise your hands. I know you're out there. Or this, how many of you guys have ever had a thought into your mind about something that you didn't have all the facts about and before you really got all the facts, you let that mind, that thought get twisted inside of your mind and turn into a decision that was not correct. There's a reason, church, that God tells us to renew our mind in Him. There's a reason that God tells us that the heart of man, not the heart of God, but the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Because we are in this earthly body we serve a living God, but you know what? We can get it messed up. So that is why we have to keep focus. We have to keep it focused. That's where we keep our mind, our will, and our emotions fixed on what is true and not allowing us, our thoughts, our emotions, to become distractions to the purpose of the time of tarrying. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 in the Amplified says, Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. As it says here, I love this, center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. The more of God's thinking, the more of God's focus there is in us, the less of us there will be to get in the way and mess it up. 
If we keep ourselves focused, if we tarry with a focus, if we tarry and we keep ourselves going because we have an enemy that would love to have us look around in our own thoughts and our, the way we see things and the way we think about things. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm still expecting that promise and, and I'm trusting this process and I'm just getting frustrated. And, you know, I, I talked with Jen last week and there's some things that she was praying about and there's some promises that God told her. And man, he fulfilled those last week. I'm so happy for you, Jen. No, what it needs to be is, Jen, I'm so happy for you because if he did it for you, then I know he'll do it for me because I serve the same God. And so we have to keep ourselves focused and not let ourself, ourself get in the way of that eager expectation of going, God, I know you're good. I don't understand it right now, but I'm going to look with spirit eyes. I'm going to look through your eyes. I'm going to listen for your ears. And God, I'm going to stay focused because I know what you have for me is good. So we tarry with expectation. We tarry with focus. That's our spirit and our soul. And then the last one is we tarry with action. And that involves our body. That involves us using our body to continue to tarry. Now, how do we do this? Not just using our body, but we serve the body, the body of Christ. And how do we do that? By doing the last thing that God told us to do while we wait. Lord, I know that you're speaking. I feel this shift, God. I know there's something you want to say, but I don't have an answer yet. And I don't know exactly what to do. Well, I'm going to do the last thing you told me to do until you say something different. And if you feel this morning that there's not something God has told you, then you go and you find a way and you serve in the body until God tells you something. Because what waiting is not, what tarrying on God is not, is sitting in a chair, closing your eyes, and relaxing until you fall asleep. That's called taking a nap. That's not called tarrying on the Lord. That's not how the kingdom works. God didn't save us to sit in a chair going, I'm just waiting on God. He's called us into his kingdom to do something. I said this in first service. I, you know, uh, either some of you are that grandfather or had that grandfather in your life. I know I had one if I was doing some work for him and I had a purpose. And if I decided that, you know, because, you know, scripture verses said, e even youths get tired, right? So if I was a tired youth, I'd stop and he'd be like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just kind of, well, do something. Anybody ever had a grandfather like that? Go do something. Make yourself useful. Here in the body of Christ, we are not just saved to just take up space. God wants us to go and reach the kingdom. He wants us to go and bear good fruit. He wants us to go and serve. But also while in that process, he is continually pouring into us. And he's continually helping us as we tarry and as we wait on him. And so as we continue to serve the bodies, we continue to do those things, making sure not to fall, like I said before, into the trap of just sitting and doing nothing because you're waiting on the Lord. Let's look at it this way. James chapter 2, verse 17 says this. So too, faith, if it does not have works to back it up, is by itself dead because it's inoperative and ineffective. I have faith to believe. I have faith that God wants me to do something. So I'm going to go do nothing. That's not the way it works. We need to be actively going, God, I am on purpose going to wait. Lord, with intentionality, God, I'm going to set my heart, Lord, to do whatever it is I can do while I wait on you. And Lord, if you tell me to stop doing that, then you've told me something and I'm going to go do the next thing. But God, I know that you're speaking to me. I'm expecting it. I'm keeping myself focused. And God, I'm going to listen to what you have to say because I know your plans for me are good. Hear that this morning, church. Me too. All of us remember that. His plans for us 
are good. So as we close today, Jeff, you want to come play? I want to remind you of this, okay? Tarrying is not meant to be a place of inactivity and frustration, okay? That's what our enemy wants us to think. Like I said before, oh, I'm so happy that Jen got a word from the Lord. That's what our enemy would want us to focus on instead of recognizing, Tommy, I'm the same God that speaks to Jen. I'm the same God that speaks to you. I'll do it. His time is not our time. His ways are not our ways. And I know sometimes it's a whole lot easier to say that and to hear it than it is to walk it out. But we've got to. Because if we don't, then we'll let every frustration, we'll let everything get our focus off. And any time it takes longer than we think it should, we might fall into that trap of what God did to, or not God, what the devil did to Eve thousands of years ago, making her believe that God was holding out on her. God does not hold out on us. His desires and His plans for us are good. The times, the Word even says, our times are in His hands. So if He has us waiting, if He has us tarrying, we have to trust that it's good. We have to trust that it's for our good. My wife faithfully tarried. She faithfully tarried trusting in what God had spoken to her. And of course, I think I'm the one who got out better in this deal. I will say this. In the end, Christ was faithful to his word. Because I will say this. If we would have gotten together in the very beginning... I was not ready to be the husband that she needed me to be. Going back to the time of preparation, I was not ready to be the husband that God wanted me to be for her. Though it took seven years of God having to get my head on straight and fix things inside of me, when the time was right and whenever God brought us together, there was no doubt at all that God had been true to his word and he had fulfilled his promise and we were both prepared and ready to be the spouses that he had us to be for each other. Does that mean we were perfect? No. But we had been prepared and God had brought us together for that time and it was good. If I can give you an even better example this morning, our Savior, Jesus Christ, while he was here on earth, he was led himself into a time to tarry. God led him into the wilderness to go wait. And while he was in that time, he was beaten. He was battered by the enemy. He was challenged to doubt his calling. He was challenged to doubt his identity. He was challenged to doubt the trust that God was good. But God stood. Jesus stood on the word. He stood on the promises of God. Just like us. Because he was man. He was humanity. Just like you and me. The word said he was tempted in every way, yet he never sinned. And when he came out of that time of tarrying, when he came out of that time of waiting on God, yes, he was probably very, you know, run down in his physical body, but he was incredibly strengthened in his spirit. And from there, he launched out into a three-year time of on-earth ministry that is still rocking and changing the world today. And so with that as our example... May God grant us the ability to gain everything he wants us to gain from the times that he calls us to tarry. As everybody just begins to bow their head and just focuses right now on the Lord. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for the word that you've given to us today. But Father, I pray that you would continue to draw us further into that truth 
that God, in the times of us walking with you, Lord, in the times, God, where the things that you're doing right here, God, because we believe there are things that you are doing in the Anchor Church, and God, you're doing it through individuals, God. Each one of us in here makes up this body, this family of believers, and God, I know that you are doing things inside of us. And God, I pray right now, if there's anyone in this room, Father, that has begun to find themselves in a place where they think there's now a, a hold or a pause and they don't understand what's going on, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and that you would remind us, my times are for a reason, my purposes are good, and I fulfill every promise that I've made. Father, even in the lives that we live with you, God, let us, as we continue to walk this out and get closer with you, Lord, let us recognize, Lord, as you're just challenging us, Lord, that there may be times where you want us to tarry more in prayer. There may be times where you want us to tarry more in worship. There may be times where you want us to tarry more, God, as we um, sacrifice, Lord, and as we put things aside, God, it may take longer than we think. It may go a little more than we were expecting, but God, when we trust in you and when we do it and wait on you that we will see your results we will see your goodness and God we thank you so much Lord we thank you so much for your word today again we thank you that it's life to us it is breath Lord to our lungs and our spirits God thank you that we can look to it and we can trust in you every promise in there Lord is yes and amen and every promise God that you've made to us is yes and amen Lord as we stand as we trust, as we tarry, and as we wait, that you give us the grace and the strength to do it. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.